Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, Liz here. So it turns out I was not being dramatic last week talking about Hurricane Irma. Um, a Category 4 is probably going to hit where I live. I have evacuated. I'm in Pennsylvania at my dad's house with my dog and my family. And I'm okay, but this has been like the most stressful week of my life. So I did not record a new podcast this week. I apologize. A ton of Janelle drama happened that I want to talk about, but I'm honestly exhausted. I've barely eaten this week and slept, and I traveled for like 14 hours yesterday, and I hysterically cried on the plane when we got super delayed on the tarmac, and I like had this panic that we weren't going to be able to get out of Florida, and it was it was bad. It's been a bad week, so I'm going to replay an episode that Troy and I recorded back in, I think, February. Uh, he was the first guest that I had on Feathers in My Hair, I believe. It's a fun episode. I like to listen to it. I love Troy. He's so funny. Listen to his podcast, The Smush Room, which I don't even know existed when we did this podcast. But yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Sorry for no new episode. This is the first time I'm skipping a week, but I hope you'll all understand. I just... (laughs) I'm going to start crying, but just please... I guess pray for Florida and that the hurricane misses and that I have a job and a house and I'm really stressed. (laughs) I'm really stressed and I'm really scared and I'm out of Florida and like I sobbed when I saw my mom at the airport because I was just so relieved to be home but I'm I'm terrified for what you know could happen to the place that I live and the place that I work and I work about a block from the ocean and if the storm surges are as large as they say they will I I I just I don't know I'm I'm really scared so I just everybody you know send your thoughts and prayers my way please I believe in a higher power and the spirit of the universe and you know, I do have faith that things will be okay, and I'm still sober, even though it's been a very trying week. But yeah, oh, guys, Hurricane Irma is taking the best of me. So I love you all. I hope to be back next week if I'm still in Pennsylvania. Um, I don't have my microphone here, so I'm not 100% what, sure what I'll do. But I, I will bring you a podcast next week if possible. Thank you all for understanding to... Everybody listening in Florida, I hope you got out. If you didn't, I hope your house is boarded up and it's safe. You probably won't even be able to hear this because it comes out on Sunday and there'll be no power and you'll be saving your phone. But I, you know, I don't love living in Florida, but I like it and I'm happy there and it's the place that saved my life and I just, I hope it still exists and I am a dramatic 
over planner, over preparer person, and hurricanes are not great for the type of person that I am. But I love you guys. Thank you for understanding. Have a good week. Hopefully, I'll be back next week. Bye. Hi. Welcome, Troy McEady, to Feathers in My Hair. Hey, uh, what's going on? Oh, nothing. I'm so excited. You're my first guest. Um, I hope everybody bears with us. This is a kind of an experiment with recording with a guest, but I hope it will be okay. Um, so yeah, first of all, we have to start with the fact that two new teen mom babies came into the world this week. I mean, I feel so honored to even be a part of this podcast during this time. Like Janelle, the queen of teen moms, is giving off another offspring. And we're going to talk about it. I'm so excited. Not just another offspring, but another offspring by another baby daddy. Another baby daddy. I'm so excited. Also, what's like amazing is that her baby daddy, this is also his third kid by a third woman. So between them, they have six kids with six different parents. Oh, my God. I have so much to say. I'm so excited to talk about Janelle. You have no idea. Like, I love the other team moms. I love all of them. But, like, you get it. Like, Janelle just has a special place in me heart. And I cannot quit her. It's the total lack of self-awareness by also being a narcissist who's obsessed with attention. And being completely <laughs> unafraid to lie. So. Exactly. It's like this perfect storm of, you know, like. When I tell a lie, I'm like, shit, like, I'm is, I'm going to have to answer for this. Is somebody going to find out? Like, nah, Janelle just fucking lies. She gives no fucks about consequences or about anybody finding out or catching her. And she lives for attention. And she has no fucking clue how crazy she is at all. She's the perfect, like, her, the formula of whatever it took to create her is perfect for a reality star she's completely like you said she's completely un- unaware she's not self-aware at all and on top of the fact that she lies all the time she's also like not a good liar no not at all she's, she's a she's terrible not. liar and i love it and it's like sad for her because like the mix of what created her was like an abusive mom and dad and a terrible life but like great for us which is reality tv exactly show literally <laughs> so yes baby ensley i don't i think they're pronouncing it ensley not ainsley it's spelled e-n-s-l-e-y uh, is that ainsley or ensley i don't know ensley i'm calling her ensley in my head so that's what, i think ensley's right that's what she's going to be called on this podcast i don't really give a fuck what her yeah. actual name is like her name is ensley <laughs> um ensley jolie which actually i really like jolie as a middle name i think i think it's cute um Ensley Jolie Eason, which is like Ensley's bad enough, but with like an E last name is like so bad. I know. And then St. Chelsea, St. Chelsea DeBoer, as her new name is, also welcomed a little baby named Watson Cole DeBoer. Um, You know, I had posted a poll on my Twitter if anybody thinks Chelsea knows what Sherlock Holmes is. Because, I'm gonna like, go out on a limb and say no. I don't think she does. And like Watson, see, here's Watson's one of those names where you're like, oh, that's cute, but like you would never actually name your baby that. Like you're like, oh, that's kind of cute. And also, there aren't any good nicknames for it. Like, are they gonna call him Watts or Sunny? Like, I don't know. It's just 
it's very on brand for her. I feel like it makes sense, but yeah. I, don't, I don't love it personally. I don't like it either. And I'm also like my immediate thought when I hear a person's name is like, what nicknames can I come up with? Me like too. if you don't, if your name, you have to be able to like nickname a person. Yes. You also need to be able to like say their name sternly when they're in trouble. <laughs> and that's like not a, a, a name that you can say in like a stern voice <sighs> when they need to be told to like go like get their life totally. together. Plus, um, it's funny, my sister-in-law is pregnant right now. And Troy, we've discussed this, but you and I both had uh, speech impediments as children. And so mm-hmm. I constantly think about, like, how the kid will pronounce their name if they have a speech impediment. And Oh, my God. Um, like, my brother had a speech impediment. My mom had one. And so, like, I keep insisting to my sister-in-law that they can't give the baby a name with the letter R in it because he won't be able to say it probably. <laughs> um, so Watson will be okay, but it's just, you're right. It's just, it's like, I don't know. It's not too cute, I guess. So it'll be like, I can imagine an adult named Watson. Um, For sure. Which like, I can't imagine an adult named Caden or like whatever the popular name is of the day. But Chelsea, she did fine. Both babies are cute. Ensley is literally like a precious doll. Like she is a fucking cute baby. Um, you know, Godspeed to Ensley. Like, <laughs> I'm worried. I'm worried about her. I mean, look, Chelsea makes adorable children. Clearly, like mm. Aubrey. I've, I I will say that Aubrey and I've had a difficult path. Um, <laughs> she. <laughs> I'm just gonna start by saying that I'm like unapologetic about the way that I talk about the kids on the show. The kids like, are I'm not, not like, off terrible, limits. But, like, they're on the fucking show. They're not off limits. Okay. Oh I my used God. to not like Aubrey at all. Thank I'm just you. gonna be completely honest. She was the worst. Baby Aubrey, like when she first started talking and she was like a super brat and was like super disrespectful and like pouted. Now she's cool. Like Yeah. I feel like she's coming to her own. I love her voice. She's, like, acquiring more of, like, a... Oh, I love her voice. She's so cute. Yeah. Um, I love her glasses. Yes. I think she's adorable. That's we, in my yeah, notes. We went through our book um, I, <laughs> I agree that the kids are not off limits. I think there's, like, a line. And that's just, like, being a For sure. human line. Like, but the yeah. fact is, like their parents are exploiting them for a large paycheck and we're just supposed to like not talk about them. Um, I think like we talk after the kids looks like, but if your kid's a fucking brat, like we're going to call it a brat, you know? Exactly. But yeah, so let's get into the episode. Um, so I thought this episode was interesting. Um, why don't we start with Leah? I thought this episode was interesting because I felt like for Leah, she, in some scenes, I was like, oh, she's so fucked up. She's so high. Like, she is crazy. And then in other scenes, I was like, wow, Leah really has it together. Like, she's doing really good. Yeah. Um, Which is crazy. So, uh, I just wanted to start <laughs> with this one thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't stop laughing. But, okay. So, Leah's really into, like, multi-level marketing schemes. Like, really into them. Uh, which Can we talk? Yeah, so her newest one that she tweeted <laughs> was that she's studying to become a life coach. I can't. I'm hanging up right now, and I've, I've had enough. I've, I've already Would had enough. Would you let I Leah cannot... be your life coach? <laughs> Could you imagine getting life coach advice from Leah, who have probably you... came to you, she drove from a holler to have talk to you about car? what to do with your life? Would you take life I... advice from somebody who can't clean their car? <laughs> I mean, 
I can't even, Leah is also somebody that I'm like, I'm so obsessed with her. Because I actually like to kind of piggyback off what you said last week on the pod. Like, she did start off as like our sweetheart on on, uh, totally. on Team Mom. Like, she was like, you know, the like Southern girl. She was sweet. Her and Corey had a really great relationship. Mm-hmm. And it was so relatable that she was going through all those issues with her kids. And she was the only one that had, um, you know, a child with like a birth defect. And it was just so... Yeah. Leah was like everything and what it spiraled into I can't even I don't I won't even yeah yeah no 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 it's like so crazy and you know in the beginning like I think that she had twins which was crazy she was nobody in 16 and pregnant season one had twins so she was the first one to have Mm -hmm. twins on the franchise uh so already you're like god damn girl you know we see her graduate from high school um we actually see the graduation. Like, we see her get back with Corey. We see them going to the doctor's offices. And it's like, damn, Leah has her shit together. And then it, like, just yeah. like, slowly disintegrates. And um, I think it's pretty true to life. But so during the episode, it's moving day. Uh, Leah has bought a house, which is great and commendable. And she bought that house for $100,000, which is like, damn, I should move to West Virginia. But then you remember, like, why that house costs $100,000, like what West Virginia literally like. and you're like maybe lives not. in a divot in a mountain <laughs> yeah um so uh Leah's packing up and she's gonna send the girls to her her grandma which is grandma Sandy and I don't know if you know this but at one point um Oreo you know Leah's little sister Victoria who they call Oreo grandma yeah. Sandy okay so Oreo's husband or boyfriend was cheating on her and he showed up to a house where Grandma Sandy was, and he, sh- Grandma Sandy, hit the boyfriend in the head with a lead pipe. <gasps> what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my god! I love that it was a lead pipe. <laughs> yeah, um, or maybe not in the head, but she hit him with a lead pipe. Uh, so like that's oh what god. type of family they are. And when she said Grandma Sandy, I was like, yes, Sandy's back. Oh my god! I'm obsessed. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's so good. So I'm actually, like, impressed. Leah uh, did seem pretty organized, and, like, she and her brother had a talk about how organized she was, but that actually made me, like, think she probably wasn't organized, and she was like, Isaac, you better fucking say on, like, in front of the cameras how organized I am. So MTV airs it. You know that she, like, interviews her family before, and she's like, they're making me look like a bad mom. I don't want to have to go to the liars. You need to say that I'm not on drugs and that I'm not a druggie. She probably gives them all, like, a rundown of what they need to say and not say on camera. That she, like, wakes up on time every day and, like, that the kids are not missing appointments. Yeah, totally. She's, um, Leah's hyper aware of the cameras this season. Yeah, for sure. Like, nothing I've ever seen. Um, I think she really got smacked in in the face with reality last season uh, that MTV was, like, really willing to show. Because here's my thing, um... And the same goes for Caitlyn and Teen Mom OG, that I think that a lot of these girls have been behaving badly for many years on camera, and MTV just never included it because it wasn't part of the narrative that they wanted to show. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. they'll fucking turn on their TVs, and MTV is smoke watched or showing them smoke pot, and they're like, what? Like, exactly. What for the sure. fuck? I've I been totally doing agree that. With that. I've been doing that in front of the camera since 16 and pregnant. And MTV has straight up never showed it, never acknowledged it. And then they get fucking pissed about the bad edit. And um, 
I think that's because it's like they were getting a good edit before. And it's not that they're getting a bad edit necessarily. They're getting a more truthful edit. And that upsets them. And on one hand, I'm almost like, I can understand that. Like, if I was behaving in a certain way and never getting in trouble and nobody was ever saying anything to me about it, and then all of a sudden it's like fucking what was once off limits for MTV to show is now on limits, but I wasn't, like, told that there was going to be a change. Oh, for sure. Like, I think I'd be pissed, but I think that's really what happened with Leah is that, like, she was probably acting a little crazy in front of the cameras for a while, but they just never showed it. And then last season she was like, oh, fuck, I have to – I had to be on point. For sure. And I think, too, like, I mean, as much as we want the fourth wall to be broken, like, I'm sure MTV, it's like for them, these girls blame editing. They blame everything that they do on editing. Every single, like, negative aspect of their life is because MTV is showing this or MTV is airing it this way. And it's like, you know what? We're just going to show everything. And then that way, like, the the audience can come up with their own conclusion. Adam. Yeah. As yeah. to why you look like a bad dad on camera, and it has nothing to do with us. Like, we're trying to show you with your kids. Yeah, I actually have a theory, not to skip ahead to Adam, but I have a theory that they might have broken the fourth wall this season specifically because of the way Adam was acting, and they thought, like, it was a good segue into breaking the fourth wall. And it was, like, a good reason I to totally break it. I could totally see it. Um, okay, so totally the producers are there, and I just want to say, like, I don't... Like I said, even though I've re-listened to the episode, I still can't remember what I say week to week. Um, We see very little of the producers, at least compared to Teen Mom OG, where, like, I know their names, like, what the camera guy Mm -hmm. looks like. Um, The fourth wall is broken, but only kind of, I feel like, in this season. Yeah. I was hoping it would be a little more. Um, We're still getting a lot of clearly prompted uh, conversations where an OG would just be the producers asking them. But yeah, for sure. The producer does say to her, like, you're a homeowner. Actually, she says, I wrote it down, you're a house owner, which I thought was like, like, <laughs> who has ever said you're a house owner? Like, that's not the phrase. But, um, you know, like, I am proud of Leah. It's outrageous that they don't all own houses and that they haven't all owned houses since they started making money, like, immediately. Um, But, it, like, it's a cute house. She talks that she's going to have to build a ramp. You know, of course, just want to say we didn't see Allie once in her wheelchair this episode. Um, It's upsetting to me, as I've said a million times. But uh, my thought when watching Leah's scene, I wrote down, imagine having three kids, question mark, horrific. Which, like, no insult to anybody that has three kids. My best friend has three kids. But, like, Leah's kids, like, watching them gives me, like, a little bit of panic. And they're not bad kids, I don't think, but they're just, like, wild. And they just, like, are doing kids stuff, yeah. and I'm like, oh, my God. Wild is a good <laughs> wild is a good description, except, like, um, what's the blonde one's name? Is that, is that Gracie? Is that Addie? Gracie. Gracie is, like, the one that you know is going to grow up and just raise oh, hell. Oh, let's talk like, about this. She, oh, I have oh, thoughts. She comes for her all the time she knows way too much yeah. she's way too much like yeah. she knows way too much about the situation that she shouldn't yeah and i will never forget last season yeah. that scene of her driving them to school <laughs> yeah. and her screaming at her in the back back seat about her responsibilities as a parent yeah. and then telling her i don't trust you quote i don't trust you as far as i can throw you <laughs> i 
like almost fell back out of my chair and I was like, she's gonna be a fucking problem to her when she's older. Grace is like totally neglected. Um, I don't know about at Corey Miranda's house, but she's like the classic like lost behind middle child because uh, the fact is like she has a dis- like a very disabled sister, and I yeah. don't think Leah does it on purpose, but I think any parent that has multiple childrens and one- children and one has a disability like more attention is going to go to the child with the disability. Um, It's just natural. Absolutely. And then on top of that, there's a younger sibling who gets more, te- who needs more attention because they're three years younger. And also what makes it a little different for Addie is that she has a different dad with a different family, you know, and she's Jeremy's only child. And uh, like she has Jeremy's parents and Jeremy's family so Addie's like has a little bit of a different situation um, because she doesn't have the same dad as uh, Allie and Gracie. And so I think yeah. Gracie is just like that typical kid that's just not getting enough attention. And I don't necessarily think that's like the fault of the parents, you know, because it's like Allie needs more attention that's just the reality of life it's not fair it's not fair that she has a disability it's not fair that she needs more attention but it's kind of like life's not fair you know and i think grace is definitely gonna be the wild child and it's concerning because um you know leah's mom was a teen mom i'm assuming her grandmother was a teen mom so the cycle is there they have drug addiction in their family and it it's concerning. I see this is, I don't know, is this crossing a line? I always try and guess which ones will be teen parents because statistically you're more likely to be a teen parent if you have a teen parent. And I always think that um, Gracie and I think Aubrey too, because I can really see Aubrey being Chelsea's like best friend, you know, like we're best friends. And um, she has, is obviously going to have severe daddy issues for fucking Adam as her dad. And I can really see the two of them uh, getting in a teen parent situation, unfortunately. So uh, let's get back to Leah. And she's at, they're having a bonfire at her house with her family. And her sister looked high as fuck. Did you notice that? Yes, I did. And like now it's become this weird thing where the whole time when I'm watching Leah, which this is also what I do, I, I used to do at least with uh, with Amber. Mm-hmm. Where, like, I spend the whole time just sort of, like, trying to figure out who's high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, who's sober? Who's high? Leah goes from, like, slurring her words and not being able to, to like, literally having, like, bedroom eyes while she's driving that <laughs> giant car. Oh, God. To, like, being completely normal. So, yeah, I, like, she definitely seemed like she was on something. Yeah, like, she was lit. And just, like, the way she was talking, yeah. it was, like, well uh like in her whole body language but um leah brings up that they're gonna go on vacation and she wanted to go to hawaii but then she found out hawaii was a 20-hour plane ride which like one it's not like it's like 10 hours which is long but like two like where did leah think hawaii was (laughs) she's like that 24 hours i just can't do it like doesn't everybody know hawaii is like a significant plane ride from the east coast (laughs) <laughs> when you live in a holler i don't know if that's like common. i don't know if she's been like wikipedia in that yeah <laughs> like i just thought that was like common info from watching like step by step as a kid and they like went to hawaii on vacation. <laughs> Literally. uh so 
there she's like well now we're gonna go i want to go to mexico they have a kid-friendly resort and oreo's like so will y'all need to uh get passports for the girls <laughs> like and leah says she has a passport which, which is shocking but uh she's gonna have to get passports for the kids and um they talk a little more about her going to ohio or jeremy going to ohio and like I thought it was a good point. Like, she was like, look, like, if Addie got hurt and, like, he called me, I wouldn't even know that I had to drive three hours to see her. For sure. Yeah, I thought her point was extremely valid. It, it seems like the only issue in, in her life with her baby daddies is their communication. Because yeah. what they fight about, all of it, to me, seems valid. I don't feel like anybody doesn't have a valid point. I feel like Corey, both Corey's always have, or Corey always has a super valid point. Jeremy always seems like he really literally just wants to, like, make sure his daughter's not, like, in harm, like, driving with Leah while she's high. And I think Leah actually makes pretty good points most of the time. They just want to know what's going on with each other, but they don't communicate. Yeah, and I I wonder, like, is this a Jeremy issue or is it a Leah issue or is it probably most likely a both of them issue? Um, mm-hmm. I did notice I wrote, like, there was so little producer involvement in this scene where an OG, like, it, they definitely would have been able to, or been talking to the producers about it. Um, mm-hmm. Like, what Jeremy did and getting the passport and the vacation. But, you know, it was pretty obviously prompted questions from her family. Uh, and it's just surprising. So we see Jeremy's camper, because I guess on these um, work sites, because he's still in South Dakota, they live on campers. This is really nice, actually. Um, yeah, for sure. Like, for just him, you know, like, it's a nice setup. So yeah, it wasn't bad. Jeremy's dad is there, and they're filming, and they just happen to get a text from Leah at this time, uh, <laughs> which, you know, is obviously set up. And she basically, like, I thought really, like, clearly explained herself, like, hey, Hawaii doesn't really make sense. Um, she, oh, this is important. In the text, she said she wants these the girls to enjoy this opportunity which to me means MTV is paying for a trip. <laughs> like, Absolutely. I thought the exact same thing. I was like, okay, she's trying to like, which like, okay, the whole point of breaking the fourth wall is to like eliminate all this bullshit. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to have to read between the lines anymore on Team Mom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like either break it or don't, don't crack it. Like I, I don't want to, gl- yes. I don't like want to glimpse at yes. a producer's face. I want to see them have this conversation with a producer because that's what they're actually doing like i just don't understand totally but i just thought i was like oh that's interesting because i feel like when i an opportunity is something that's like given to me or i can take advantage of um an opportunity is not like me fucking buying a plane ticket like that's like just me spending my fucking money like um, absolutely so Uh, I but yeah I thought Leah was like really clear she's like I just want like this to be a reasonable trip I have a feeling MTV was probably like you get four days and Leah realized if they went Mm -hmm. to Hawaii two of those days were gonna have to be traveling and um so she was just like hey like there's a kid-friendly resort in Mexico and I'm gonna have to get the girls passports and Jeremy's dad has a grin on his face like what a shit eating grin he had on his face and right (laughs) right away I don't like Mexico. 
I was like, oh, uh, aren't, put a fucking Trump hat on before you say this. Jesus. <laughs> like, wink into the camera, but don't you, sir? Yeah. So, look, I can understand, like, being hesitant about Mexico is not always the safest place to go. Um, but, like, and they only watch Fox News, I'm sure. So, they only, like, hear about cartels. But, they're like, they're going to a fucking resort. <laughs> MTV is filming, so they're not going to let them do anything too crazy because of liability reasons. Um, but right. yeah, basically, Jeremy and his dad just keep saying like over and over again how they don't like Mexico and they just don't like Mexico. And this is like where Jeremy takes a hard left, um, and he's like, "Well, I'm going to call Corey." <laughs> I know, I know. I love when he said it. Like, guess what I'm going to do? And then he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to call him. Here I go." It's like cool. Like, yeah. And Corey answers cool, the phone. Corey's like, hello. And Jeremy's like, so you letting Leah take your girls to Mexico? And Corey's like, what? Let's get her. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jeremy doesn't even say, hi, how are you? How's your new baby that was, like, in the hospital for a month because she came at 30 weeks? Like, is that is Miranda doing well? I noticed she lost weight. She looks great. So, you know, I just wanted to talk to you about this. Like, he didn't even say hello. He was just like, you gotta let them take y'all girls. Like, And then, and like, in typical, like, Corey fashion, he's like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh. And then that was, like, the whole conversation, and they hung up. He's like, well, later, brother. Like, okay. <laughs> y'all showed her. Yeah. Like, this, what? to me, like, really squashed this, like, fantasy I had in my head that Corey and Jeremy were friends and, like, got the girls together <laughs> and, like, talked often. Because, you know, you'll, like, see a picture of them together at the reunion and you're, like, like the infamous one where uh, Corey, Miranda, Jeremy, and I guess it was Brooke. He might have already been with Brooke. All took a picture and Corey tweeted it with the caption, Life After Leah. And this was, like, yeah. right after Jeremy yeah. and Leah had broken up and it was, like... But I, like, that's, like, my fantasy. Like, I assume that they're great friends because, you know, I, like, love a blended family. And I'm, like, yes, thinking that they get the girls together. Like, no, you can tell. You could tell by that conversation. Corey was, like, why is he calling me? Yeah, he was, like, and <laughs> the really funny thing about that conversation, too, is you could tell that when he called him, like, he was like, are you, fi-? like, in his voice, you could tell he was like, are you filming? Is yeah. this, like, oh, totally. are we, like, talking on camera right now? Like, what's yes. going on? Totally, totally. Because Corey, like, doesn't really want to be involved in Teen Mom. Um, no. <laughs> but, like, the thing is, it doesn't bother me the way it does with Chelsea because, like, because he's, like, not that central to the storyline. And he, I think he does his bit in what is asked of him. You know what I mean? Like, he goes, to the, he yeah. lets himself be filmed in the pickups. Like, this is why, like, I'm not, like, annoyed that they don't have their little baby on. Because it's, like, she has really no part in the storyline whatsoever. Um, but, like, when Chelsea's not letting them film her wedding dress shopping, it's, like, this is a big part of your plot. But, like, with Corey, it's, like, I don't really give a fuck if we don't see Corey that much. Because he's not a teen mom. We see him enough. He's allowed, he allows them to talk about him. Like, what else do we need? Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. I think that um, with Chelsea, it's different because it's like, it, it feels like she's trying to craft this like perfect. Yes. Like she only wants them to show cute stuff where she looks like a great mom or, you know, her going to pick up a pig from the airport with her boyfriend oh. and like all these cute little things. Like it's none of it is ever like, well, it used to be, but recently it's like, it's taken this turn where it's all through like the Chelsea lens. Yes, totally. I totally agree with you. 
Um, so basically, like Leah's or Cor- Jeremy's just like, I don't like Mexico. Fuck Mexicans. Like, go Donald Trump. Make America great again. Literally. Um, but at least I'm pretty sure he doesn't vote, so we don't have to worry about that. By the way, I have this theory <laughs> that only like three of the teen moms out of the entire franchise vote. Uh. And that is, I believe Amber and Matt both voted. I do believe that. Farah maybe voted. Probably not. I know she tweets about Trump, but she doesn't actually do it. And I would guess Kale maybe voted. But, like, yeah, that's probably it. Like, like Chelsea, like, does not vote. There's no way no. that Chelsea votes. No way. Absolutely not. And if she does, if, okay, it's for Chelsea, Trump. if she does vote. It's for Trump, and it's it, she calls her dad right before and says, and like in the car and says, like, <laughs> "What do I vote for? I don't know what to do." And then he tells totally. her, and then she goes in and does it, and then she walks out and has no idea what the hell. Totally, <laughs> uh, totally. <laughs> so uh, Leah, we flash back to Leah, and she's pissed, like that Corey got Jeremy involved, and like I understand exactly what she's saying. Like she's like, "I why would he even call him? Like that doesn't make any sense." And um. Oh, so where I drop off, which, by the way, once again, I noticed they didn't have the wheelchair going into Corey's truck. And I'm guessing, like, I was I like, know. oh, I wonder if she has two wheelchairs. But wheelchairs are, like, $40,000. So I doubt they're they so expensive. Like, I, I mean, they make a lot and, of money. But, I, you know, it's like having a whole extra car. Um, well, yeah. And then do you remember how big of a deal it was for them to just get the one? Uh, how long it took? Corey, you need to call the insurance company. <laughs> <laughs> the liars are saying she's not gonna get her chair. <laughs> For like liars three weeks, is like my that favorite was word. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> Corey and Leah have a very weird conversation, and it's funny because, um, who? Shout out to Billy Roberts. He said to me, "Do you think they know they're breaking the fourth wall this season? Why they were filming?" And this scene <gasps> kind of made me think that maybe they don't. Because Corey, like, wouldn't look in the cameras at all, if you noticed. Um, oh, my God. I didn't think about that. Yeah. That's a good point, right? Like, do you... That's a really good point. Maybe they just don't know. Yeah, because I don't think they knew that they were planning. Maybe MTV did. But, like, Billy, like, constantly asked me if I think that. And at first I was like, yeah, absolutely. But I don't. But then Kale had also snapped at one point, like something about breaking the fourth wall, like months ago. But I don't know. It was just weird because Corey like wasn't looking directly at the camera, and I couldn't tell. Like, I don't. He was just Corey was being very weird. But you know, Leah and Corey had a conversation, and Leah's like, "I'm really sorry, Corey, or that Jeremy got you involved." And Corey was like, basically agreed, like that was fucking weird of him. And was just like, you two have a long way to come. Like, you and I, it took us a long time to get here, and we're in a really good place. And you and Jeremy, like, still have a ways to go. But I thought it was, like, a nice scene. Um, Corey could have been a lot more pissed at Leah for, like, getting him involved in her shit, even though it wasn't her fault. Like, if I was Corey, I'd be like, can you tell your fucking ex-husband not to ever call me again? (laughs) Like, don't involve me in this shit. But, uh, like, he was... He was nice, and it was, like, a nice scene to see how far Leah and Corey have come. They have come really far, and I actually just, I don't know if you watched the, uh, the like, top 10 Teen Mom moment special that they aired. Um, 
I mean, you know how they air those, like, all the time? Yeah, like, that's... let's look back at Teen Mom. It's like, I've been looking back at Teen Mom every week for, like, seven years. Do, like, um, <laughs> my whole life is looking back at Teen Mom. Like, well, I don't right. need to see it on They're MTV. Like, I have, like, a constant moment? loop in my head. <laughs> right. You think I forgot anything Barbara said in the past seven years? I haven't. <laughs> you don't have to remind me. Um, but they showed, like, that clip of, like, you know, when she, like, told Corey that she cheated or whatever, and, like, it's just, it's so crazy what they've been through together on top of, like, being married and having all these things go on, but then also having, like, these kids that they are in this together with and, like, one of them having the defect and everything. Like, they've been through so much together, and I do think that it's incredible, like, the place that they're in right now. Yeah, 100% agreed. So, then Oreo is, like, really a prominent sidecast member this season. Oreo's back with Leah. Yeah. And I have in my notes how fucking high is Oreo. Um, and he is just like pissed and said Jeremy makes himself look bad. And I agree. Like he made himself mm-hmm. look bad. But at the same time, like if I was Jeremy, I'd be like, why do I give a fuck if I look bad? Like who do I look bad For to? Sure. Leah? Like I don't give a fuck. So next on, let's go to Chelsea. Troy happily okay i was like are you still there do i have to fix this (laughs) um so we start off the bat with aubrey and chelsea taking chelsea to aubrey's last day of school and um chelsea recently got a land rover and was like this is my mommy car and i was like what the fuck why did she do that but see like she had to like throw aubrey into the back seat essentially and that thing was rocking as they drove. Oh, I know. And so I was like, oh, I, I like know. I understand why she got a new car. Like, that is not a good family car. Um, <laughs> she drops Aubrey off at school. It's a cute day. Aubrey's glasses are so cute. Aubrey's really cute. She's adorable. I love her so much now. I know. And uh, Randy calls. Where's We haven't even seen Randy this season. Where's he been? I know. Randy loves to be on He's... TV. <laughs> I was just going to say, he, like, is you know that he loves being on camera. He just loves to put on a show. Randy live-tweeting Teen Mom bothers me on the deepest of deep levels. Like, I fucking hate (laughs) Randy. I hate him. He's the worst. Are you kidding me? He's terrible. Like, I know, like, everybody loves, like, most people on the internet love him because he's so candid and funny and will say anything. And, like, I hate that. I hate that quality about him because it's so lame. And it's like, I don't know, get I on agree. fucking Twitter and have fucking Twitter fights with people about your daughter. Like, stop it. And here's my theory. The reason that Chelsea doesn't have to get involved in so much drama, especially online, is because her fucking dad does it for her. Absolutely. They've always had a really, like... A lot, I like, if you have a lot of people, like, view their relationship as, like, cute or whatever. I've always been annoyed by their relationship. It annoys me that she calls him every single time. Any, like, like, anything that goes on in her life, she calls her dad and makes him deal with it. And he never shows up and says what you hope he'll say. He never, like, actually talks any, like, real sense into her. He feeds into all of her bullshit. And even with Adam, when they were younger, he always, like, like, do you remember when Adam was, like, living in their house yeah. and, like, not paying anything? And he would come over and, like, totally disrespect his dad and, like, not make any plans to, like, give him money for living in, in that condo. And his dad would just, like, leave. It's like, what are you here for? Yeah, totally. Um, what do you do exactly? Totally. So, 
Chelsea, okay, so this is, like, why I think they weren't sure, like, if they were going to break the fourth wall. Because this, to me, like, had to be a producer-prompted conversation. Because she call- she talks to her dad, and she's like, um, I don't have the account info handy. Like, can you look up and see if um Adam owes child support? And, like, that's, like, such a weird call to make in the car. Like, why are you making that? Right. Like, wouldn't you just wait till you got home like five minutes later and like looked it up yourself um so i think this is definitely like a a producer like hey why don't you call your dad because if it's about child support and about adam it's less likely for the conversation to be with cole it's more likely to be with chelsea gracer her dad and um for sure so i i'm assuming this was a producer prompted uh conversation because like but it was still just like if I was Chelsea, I'd be like, no, I'm not having that conversation because I don't want people to fucking think, like, I can't keep track of the child support myself and I need my daddy to do it. Right. Like, and also the fact that he had it on hand so quickly. I'm like, of yeah. course you fucking do. Yeah. Probably was sitting by the phone waiting all day for her to call <laughs> and give some some advice. God. <laughs> so Randy says <laughs> Adam's only paid 1.5 payments and owes over $3,500, which is sick. It's gross. Like, yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. Um, and Chelsea's just like, Ugh, that's annoying. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she like pulls. <laughs> I have written in my notes because she pulls up to the gym and i've written in my notes like crossfit gyms are ridiculous like why do they all look like garages like build a gym like, like... I'm, I'm going to la fitness like i totally agree every time i see pictures of a crossfit gym it looks like an abandoned warehouse yes and it's just like ropes hanging from a ceiling and like dirty walls that you're supposed to climb up with your Did bare you, hands i, I don't mean, understand I, any of it i know she lives in south dakota but she just like pulled up and parked on someone's front yard like she literally drove through a tough mutter to get to the front door of the building did you see that yes <laughs> it's So, uh, next we see Chelsea and Aubrey, and they're going to have a picnic to look at the turtles, and it was, like, really cute. Um, And this is kind of, like, a classic Chelsea and Aubrey situation where she's, like, Chelsea's, like, we have fun things coming up. The wedding. And then Aubrey's, like, T-ball! School! (laughs) And Chelsea's, like, is there anything else? And she's, like, um, I'll be seven? And Chelsea's like, but what about the other thing? And Aubrey's like, what? And she's like, the baby. And Chelsea's, or Aubrey's like, oh, yeah, the baby will be here. <laughs> the thing that's not about me? Um, yeah. Like, Chelsea always does this, and, like, it's so funny, because she's always like, so, are you so excited for this thing? And Aubrey gives, like, a completely, like, unrehearsed answer. And she's like, no, no, yeah. I, me- I meant seeing Cole. And Aubrey's like, yeah, I guess. Like, talking about this other <laughs> thing, bitch. Like, I know. I feel like that's why Chelsea was so, um, she was so happy when her reaction to the baby news was, like, so positive on camera because she, like, gave her what she wanted for yeah. once. I'm still, like, so like... shocked that Chelsea agreed to film that. Out of everything she's refusing to film, like, that's, like, the most intimate moment that you can have. I know. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. But then Chelsea says you're going to be a good big sister, which, you know, once again, forgetting that Aubrey already is a big sister. Um, Right. 
but I don't know. I don't know how she should be handling that because I don't, I don't know. It's like, on one hand, it's like, she, I feel like she should be acknowledging it. But on the other hand, like Chelsea just like is happy in her own life and doesn't want to have to think about Paisley, like little baby Paisley when, um, she's like doing these moments, which is absolutely, it's like, one of those things that I criticize because she's on Teen Mom and on TV, but, like, in real life, I don't know if I would criticize it. It's like I almost – there's a lot of things about Chelsea um, that remind me of – so, like, my mom had me when she was really young. She was 18. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, like, relationships on the show, not, like, the circumstances, but just the relationships, specifically Chelsea and, and, uh, and Aubrey, because she does – they're like best friends and my mom and I grew up being best friends and uh it's like the way that my mom would handle things like that would be inappropriate but also super like understandable given the fact that she was like young and we already had this sort of blurred yeah she's a kid and we had this blurred relationship um and I feel like I I see my like a lot of the stuff that my mom used to do in Chelsea where like she wants to create this perfect image for like her first child that she went through all this stuff for and all these struggles that they had together. And it's again, it's like the Chelsea filter, like everything in her life goes through this filter where it's like, it's gotta be cute. (laughs) Totally. And I don't even think that's just for MTV. Like, I think that's genuinely like how she feels about her life. Yeah. It's how she lives. Like she lives in this world where like, if it doesn't, she just blocks out anything that doesn't fit into like her idea of like, literally what's cute like, yeah literally, like, that's her thought process she lives the instagram life like right <laughs> yeah um so i wrote down chelsea is very into the america aesthetic if you haven't noticed like cole and chelsea are always wearing shirts <laughs> that say like america and usa and even mm-hmm. in the baby pictures like at the hospital cole had on a, a hat that said usa like they're very mm-hmm. into the united states of america they are, and he's always wearing his like knee high, like American flag socks oh with his god. like vans. He like, is. Oh, god. Those are terrible. They're terrible. Like so... I know that he's like, I like not to interrupt you, but like last no. week you said like everybody talks about how cute he is, and it's like, look, I get it, I understand. He's a good guy. He seems like he'll be a great dad. He's so nice, but like, good god. Could he be more irritating? Yeah. Well, people, like, act like he's fucking Jesus Christ reincarnated because he's a job. Like. I know. The standards are so low. He should be doing. Like, they're like, oh, my God, he has a job and he's nice to Aubrey. And it's like, yeah, because he's a regular human being. Like. Right. That's like. He's not. (laughs) That's what you should do. It's like, I've noticed it's. It's kind of like why Chelsea is considered like such an amazing person and mom. Right. Because everybody else is such a piece of shit. But I feel like I've said this a million times. If you met Chelsea in real life, you would find her boring as fuck. Boring and unfunny. Like she's not funny. There's nothing like that makes you laugh, you know? No. She's vanilla and she's she's honestly she's irritating. Like her and Cole their relationship and all of it, I find it really adorable and also, like, extremely irritating. Like, it grates me. Like, I can't... Yeah, totally. The the baby talking and, like, the, it's the fact that none of it comes off as, like, 
it's like they perceive themselves as really cute and they perceive the things they do as cute and they perceive their baby talk as cute and their pig is cute and Aubrey's cute and their house is cute and everything's cute. And it's like the fact that they're so, they, they see themselves that way makes me insane. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, I, it makes a hundred percent sense. <laughs> so we get a cute little scene with Cole and Chelsea and, Aubrey, but like I just I can't go into detail about that. Oh, but also I wanted to say like I am considering flying to South Dakota tonight, um, a Lala Kent private jet and cutting <laughs> off Chelsea's extensions and dyeing her hair. Like <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine why you would want to cut off her cascading extensions that literally like sweep the ground while she walks like i don't really get why you would want to do that did you know i don't know if she does this all the time but before she's flown to texas for those extensions are you kidding me i swear to god i don't know if it's a regular thing but in the past she has flown to get those nasty ass extensions in her hair that i want to rip out piece by piece as painfully as possible so she never makes the mistake of getting them again I don't understand. Like, I think she would look so nice. I'm so tired of that red hair. I mean, it's obviously better than that fucking blonde she used to have. But. I mean. She needs to, like, cut those extensions off. She has the face now that she can do a long bob. You know, just like a shoulder length long bob. Or even a little longer. And go, like, a nice deep brown. Like, a rich brown. Would look so nice. Her hair journey has been. Like, her hair has been through actually the worst journey on this entire franchise. Do you remember the blonde she used to have? Are you kidding? The the white with the black underneath was also a personal favorite with the, like, extremely flat iron bangs that just, like, hung in front of her eye. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I want to, I'm, you know, I'm going to fly to South Dakota today to do that. But Taylor, I support that. I'll put money down for a ticket. Thanks, babe. Taylor uh, texts <laughs> Chelsea, and like I guess Adam has a hearing for child support for Paisley, and uh, Chelsea calls Randy, and they have a little talk about it, and um, basically, like Adam is like, well, he or Randy's like, well, he's never had to go to court, like for Aubrey. Because I think they just don't pursue it with Adam. I think it's just, like, not worth it for them to pursue it. But I would imagine for yeah. Taylor, like, Taylor needs that $939 a month. Like, Taylor's, sure. Taylor ain't got an MTV check coming to her. Okay, I also don't understand why, like, it confuses me. Like, you would think that over the, the time, like, the amount of time that they've been filming this show that Adam would learn that we will also see the other side of the story in Chelsea since it's her show. Yes. Um, so when he says things like, I'm all paid up, it's like, <laughs> we'll, we're, we will find out that you're not. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Um, I think he just doesn't care. I think Adam's, like, a sociopath and, like, just doesn't give I a fuck. I could see that. Can't you see that? Yeah, for sure. Because... There's, there's like, clearly something wrong with him. I actually think it would be really interesting. I don't know how much you know about him, but, like, to really know, like, Adam's life, like, yeah. how he grew up, what his family anything. was like, because he has issues. Yeah, I think I've read he has three brothers, and he's the youngest, and that his brothers are, like, normal. 
but I really don't know anything. And obviously his parents enable him because for sure, as we see next, Aubrey. So Adam, I believe still has supervised visitation and Aubrey goes every other weekend to her grandparents' house and not to Adam's house, but to her grandparents' house. Um, yeah. And then I guess the mom brings Aubrey and supervises them. Although who knows if she actually does, you know, but, um, yeah. So one, like I do give Chelsea props. Like, I don't know if I'd be willing to give up every other weekend with my kids. So she could go to her fucking grandparents' house and not even to her dad's house. I agree. And I actually really like people will say like, that, you know, Chelsea needs to, like, give him a chance. Like, he's, like, wanting to be a dad now. And that she should give him the opportunity to make things right. But I can understand, especially in Adam's case, like, not with all the teen dads. I, yeah. I, like, get it. But him, I can totally understand why she would be reluctant to let her be around him. Like, he yeah. does, he isn't well. Like, he's not a an, an emotionally stable person. Totally. And this is so... Like, I'll just be honest here. <laughs> this is so sick. I want Adam to be better because I hate Chelsea. And I would like... I understand these are real people, but I'm talking about them as their characters on TV. I want I Adam it. to do better so that I can, like, throw it in Chelsea's face. Like, you're a bitch. You've kept your daughter away from him. Like, how dare you? Like, Adam deserves to be the dad and be in the picture. But... I agree. And I want Adam to be better so I can criticize Chelsea for keeping Aubrey away from him. That's, like, very sick that I'm admitting that out loud. But it's the truth, guys. Like, I I have to live in my truth and walk my journey with the cast. And I would like Adam to be better for that (laughs) sole reason. But the fact is, like, he's not. It's like, I also, like, I think it would be good for Chelsea to be to have her world sort of rattled in a sense where like yeah you can't just force everything in your life to appear a certain way not and like you said earlier not just for the camera but like just in general like it would be cool to see him like shock this situation that she is going on right now and be like whoa yeah like i actually am a really good dad and there's nothing that you can do to deny it now so you can't paint you know what I mean? Like, you can't keep using me as, like, the scapegoat for every single thing negative in your life. Totally. I wonder, though, if Adam... Because you're also, not perfect. I wonder if he's also, like, a self-fulfilled prophecy now. And, like, he knows everybody expects him to be his piece of shit. So he's like, why even bother? I think that that is a lot of it. I think that he's almost like, I can't do anything. Like, I think he went into, what was it, the, was it last season that he first started, like, really... um actively trying to get like custody yeah maybe and, two seasons ago yeah when he like was going to going to, going to court every week and he really 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 wanted 50 50 mm-hmm. i feel like he went into that season thinking like i'm really going to turn this around and i want people to see how, how hard i'm trying and when it wasn't received well i'm sure he was just like you know fuck it i'm yeah. not going to keep trying what's the point like i'm not going to keep doing this it's exhausting i agree um so we see Adam at the gym, and his producer Mandy is there, and Adam's just being rude. Like, he's just being rude, and um, he does say, like, nobody wants to film with me. Like, there's no reason that anybody would want to film with me. Like, they don't get any benefit from filming with me. And I was like, 
Yeah, I get it. Because, like, remember last season that guy Justin was filming with him and everyone's like, that guy's a fucking creepy crackhead. Like, that must be his sponsor yeah. <laughs> from AA. Like, people were fucking nasty about him. And he, like, didn't do anything offensive at all except be Adam's friend. So I understand why Justin doesn't want to film anymore. And I think they live together. And Justin's like, no. Like, if that happened to me, I'd be like, no. Why the fuck? And those friend characters get paid, like, $2,000 a season. Like, actually, I would maybe do that for $2,000 at this point in my life. But Yeah, I was going to say. I was about to be like, and what's $2,000? And I was like, wait a minute. I need $2,000. I mean, Go like, on Patreon, I mean... guys. Seriously. <laughs> oh my god, that is hilarious. But um I get like his girl he ha- Adam has a girlfriend. I think they're still together. Stasia, I believe her name is. Um Stasa. Yeah. I I've never heard her name said out loud, I don't think. But she doesn't want to film. And like why would you? Why would you want to go on TV no. with the villain? And just get, like, Especially as a girlfriend. Yeah. Like, millions of people just being fucking nasty about you. So, uh, Mandy, the producer, is basically like, well, we're here. Like, we want to film. Can we, like, make plans for Sunday? And he's like, yeah, the kids will be there. Um, And I thought it was interesting. She's like, well, what do you want to show us? Like, what do you want your story to be? And he was basically just like, I want people to know, like, I'm a dad. Like, Chelsea's trying to push me out. So, he, here's the thing. Adam is correct that Chelsea's trying to push him out so that she can have, like, her perfect family. But it's, like, he's correct, but it's also probably deserved, (laughs) you know? It's, like, back to that thing. Where it's, like, Adam is speaking the truth. He just won't own up to his part in it. But he's not wrong that Chelsea wants to push him out. No, for sure. I actually, like, I have, like, a weird theory about this, and I want to know what you think about it. Especially coming from, like, a teen parent situation Uh of my own I feel like it's like a when a teen mom has a child like the bond is immediate or not like in a case of Janelle (laughs) I was about to be like excuse me (laughs) (laughs) unless you want to go out and like drink and you it's like unless you're drug addict on the porch (laughs) right literally and, like, you know, the bond is immediate. And, like, I think that teen dads have to bond with their kids. Like, they need to get to – because they already say, okay. like, men in general have to I, bond with their kid when they're born, but especially in that case. No, no, no. I totally agree, and I can tell you exactly why. Because the fact is, in the teen parent situation, at least from what we've seen more often than not, they're not living together. Um, as opposed right. to like when you're a husband and a wife and like you're 30 and you've been together since you're 22, you got married at 25, you spent the last five years traveling, you're a team, you're a partner, you spend the whole pregnancy so excited and happy, everybody's happy for you, you have a home, you have two dogs, like this baby is going to add to our family, like the dad is already so bonded, it's a beautiful experience, right away the dad bonds, yeah. he's up all night with the baby, you know, like they're a team, they're a partner, like um everybody's like oh you're gonna be daddy 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 um where in the teen parent situations they're usually not living together if they are it's under somebody else's roof so there's that stress on their relationship the dad is viewed as a villain more often than not because he's the one that got the girl pregnant um you know i just think it's a lot different in the teen parent situation because the dad is not necessarily like 
the automatic part of the picture as opposed to, and you don't even have to be married, but like a couple that's in a partnership and has been together for many years and has an established life. Um, right. I think like the dad is able to bond a lot more with the baby than like you don't, when the dad doesn't even live with the kid, like that's a harder bonding process. Absolutely. And I, I think that like an older person who, I mean, obviously not in every case, but just like sort of statistically, like an older adult person who's having a child, like as a man, like they may not bond. The bond is different than the moms because they literally, I mean, how could it be the yeah. same? They didn't create this person in their stomach for half a year. Um, but like, I think that as an adult, when you have a child, like your responsibilities, like you're forced to do it. You know what I mean? Like you're forced into a situation where like you just have to figure it out. And like, I do think men just in general bond with their children differently. And like in a teen mom situation, like the dad isn't forced because they don't, they're literally children. They don't know that like it's their responsibility to like acquire that bond. Like, do you remember the way, um, in this is kind of a bad example because he's terrible now, but like, Ryan from Team MOG, he used to be terrible to oh. Billy, like terrible when he was a baby. Oh my god, could not so give any less fucks about him when he like let him roll off the couch and like mm-hmm. he just did not care. You know what I mean? And like I think that men have to like bond with their child out of the womb first before they. I don't know. I just that's my theory. No, I think that's so true, and I think um I just. This is going to be a long pod. I just want to segue real quick into Macy um, because she had to do everything for Bentley because Ryan, like, literally wouldn't even change a diaper. And she had to do everything for him. And it's funny because I feel like she's not as bonded with her two younger kids, um, at least compared to, like, what we saw her with Bentley. They were always together, always. And now it doesn't seem like she holds other kids as much. But I wonder, now that you've said that, it's because she doesn't have to. Because Taylor is a full-time yeah. dad and loves those kids and feeds the kids and changes the kids. And Macy doesn't have to be the 24-7 parent. Right. My mom has admitted to me that if she did ever have, because I'm an only child, uh-huh. and if she did have another another kid, she always feared that she wouldn't love it as much as me because of like the struggle we went through together. Well, I think that's what... what it took you know what I mean? Totally. And that's what Chelsea, like, when she was crying, like, that it wasn't just going to be her and Aubrey anymore. I think that's, like, exactly yeah. what she was crying about. For sure. I mean, it's a real thing. Yeah. Like, totally. Um. So let's just finish up Chelsea real quick. So Adam and the producers made plans to meet at noon on Saturday. And, you know, at 1220, the producers are knocking on Adam's door. And he's like... Aubrey's on her way over and you know he won't let them in they're waiting in the car and Adam just fucking drives out of his truck (laughs) (laughs) that scene I rewound it I'm not gonna lie I watched it twice when he like peeled out and there was like basically fire coming from his exhaust he was like (laughs) fucking driving through people's yards he drove so fast out of his parking or driveway it was so loud that car (laughs) Because he's that guy. Oh my god. He's that guy. He is that that guy. But this is the reason that I wonder if they decided after that scene to break the fourth wall. Because it would have been impossible to show that scene without breaking the fourth wall. Absolutely. It would have been impossible. It would have... (sighs) 
because we needed to see the producer set up the time with him and we needed to see Mm -hmm. um that he wouldn't let the producers in and i can't think of a way that they could i guess like maybe they could have had chelsea pretend to have been there waiting but that wouldn't have been like authentic at all it wouldn't have made really any sense um the only way that scene could have been showed was from breaking the fourth wall. And that has really been the first time this season that we've seen that. Because up until now, we've seen, um, I mean, I guess like when Chelsea told the producers, but like they could have definitely like reshot a different scene. You know what I mean? And they've like mentioned the cameras here and there, but not nearly as much as they do on Team Mom OG. And I wonder if that scene happened and they decided like maybe we should break the fourth wall. Well, yeah, because, like, when he, okay, when she, like, set up the time with him to film, mm-hmm. and it was supposed to be, like, his moment, That this was going to be, yes. like, Adam's moment, you his know what redemption. I mean? It's, like, this was his moment, so, yeah, his redemption to be, like, you know what, this is the day in the life of Adam of me, like, going to be a dad, and, like, trying to contact Aubrey, and, uh, you know, uh, Chelsea shutting me out, and me making my attempts, like, that was his moment, and he fucked it up. It's actually really sad because I seriously feel like he his life and his ability to parent would be 100% so much better if they would just not be on this show. Obviously, I would never wish that uh, from ourselves, uh, selfishly. But, I mean, like, this show is so toxic for him. Yes, totally. So, I just, I mean, Chelsea probably was fucking thrilled when that happened. Oh, can you imagine? She was can so you pleased. imagine? So please. Typical Adam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's, he go, over to, does. He's so let's go over to Delaware to uh Kaylin. And uh I have never felt like a more amount of secondhand embarrassment watching Team Mom than I did when Kale and Javi like were having this morning together. Oh my god! It was unbearable. It truly was. If the unbearable is the perfect term to describe um, every moment with her in that episode, it was. I mean, like I... when you, I don't remember. If... Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You go. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't remember if it was uh, last week's episode or the the week prior when you talked about her going through life like constantly fighting yeah. you know what I mean like not yeah. ever being able to give up that fight or flight so like last survival night. thing yeah I mean have mercy uh-huh. like girl he's literally coming in to spend the morning with you guys and just hang out and have fun and she's ready to fucking throw down at every moment like it was insane she thought he was gonna come with a moving truck like like in what world like First of all, and then you're going to, she was blat- She was being so petty and like blatantly trying to do things to trigger him enough that he would yeah. get mad and fight back with her because totally. she wanted to fight so bad. And when she wouldn't give him the, I think she really thought that she'd have like her moment mm-hmm. when she wouldn't give him the fucking, uh, the car seat. Yeah. So for me, there are like a few things going on. Like one, I, this may be controversial, but I'm not one of those people that's like, Support our troops. Love our troops. The troops are the best. Like, every veteran's a hero. Like, I'm just not one of those people. I have, you know, a lot of political leanings. Like, I 
think it's great if you do that, but I'm not like I'm not like in the hero worship place for veterans, right? But I'm sorry, Javi had literally been home from deployment for 12 hours at this point. Literally. Like, and Kale could not let him sit down. Like, 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 he had been in America after being, like, at war. And, like, yes, he wasn't, like, in a safe base. Like, he wasn't in Iraq. But he was still at war. You know, he was away from his family. Like, Kale, like, could not give him an inch. And he had been home no. for 12 hours. But looking back, I'd been reflecting a little bit on this and trying to give Kale like a little bit of understanding, which has been hard for me to do lately. And well, it's hard. Like, it must have been very hard to have their first interaction again, like on camera. Like, he went away. They decided for sure they're getting divorced and they don't get to have. Well, actually, I wrote down, like, I'm surprised they're not having a final fuck. Like, they're not going to fuck one more time before they divorce? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> um, I mean, that's I what totally I would do. I totally agree. Uh, but, <laughs> so, I, I just think, like, she was so hyper aware of the cameras and, like, that this was, like, their first time being together in six months. Like, Think of all, like, yes, they were probably going to get divorced before he left, but, like, out of everything that went down, like, in those six months, like, I can only imagine, like, the fights they had, and then they're together, and it's on camera. Like, they don't get to just do a regular, like, my husband's coming home from a deployment, and we have to deal with that at the same time we're dealing with the divorce, but we have to film it. Like, Kale must have woke up that morning and been like, I do not want to be on this fucking show anymore. Like... Honestly, something I think about all the time, and not to, like, um, digress at all, but, like, Please do. I think about this quote that Cynthia Bailey Cynthia Bailey said after she broke <laughs> up with Peter after they got their divorce uh-huh. outside of Atlanta, that they didn't know their relationship outside of the show. Totally. They literally did not have a relationship outside of the show, and it's, like, that is so damaging. Like, this couple got married met each other on basically on camera yeah had a kid on camera yeah got married on camera and are divorcing on camera they don't even know each other totally it's like um so i i watch this he doesn't vlog anymore really but this youtuber casey nysat i don't know i like hate him Mm -hmm. but i watch all his vlogs because that's the type of person i am and like his (laughs) wife who i love actually was once talking like they were doing a q a and it was like does vlogging affect your marriage and she was like yeah, there's a third person in our marriage. And, like, they really, that's what's happening with Kale and Javi. And, like, they're divorcing and they have to divorce with the third person, which is the camera. You know? And, like, they have to have that third person with them the first time that they're meeting. Yeah. And, like, I They've also never had a serious conversation off camera. I mean, like, they have when they're not filming. But if you think about it, like, all of the most important moments that they've ever had, they've had to also be conscious of they've had to read a room full of people. Yeah, totally. And it's Crazy. like, it's, I can't imagine that. Like, I can't imagine being in that situation where it's like my husband is coming home from deployment and we have to fucking like talk about being divorced and I haven't seen him in person in six months. Um, so yeah. basically like they just have this really weird conversation and like 
Kale's like, I'm good. I'm good. And Javi's like, how can you be good? Like, is life that good? And she's like, it's fine. Right now, it's fine. Which is like Kale fighting and not giving an inch and just like, you know, fighting against the world. Like, Kale's, like, walls back up and Javi, like, will never be let back in. Never. Like, no, Kale, never. either you're either in or you're out with Kale. There's, like, no in-between. Yeah. And Kale, and Javi is now out and, like, it's done. And you can tell Javi, like, I think Javi's surprised by that, which is crazy to me that he's surprised by that. But I think Javi um, really convinced himself that with Kale, it was different for him. Um, I think, you know, like the way he treated Joe and the way he talked about Joe, I think he's in for a rude fucking awakening now. And he's going to see how that feels. Um, But I I think Javi like really thought he had penetrated Kale's emotional like inner child and that he was in and that she would never treat him the way that he treated Joe, the way he she treated her mom, the way which is, you know, do and just, but just saying. But I think Javi really thought it'd be different with them and in that car he was realizing like, oh. Oh, I'm I'm now the them that I thought I would never be. Absolutely. He like can I also, I guess, for a second, try and play devil's advocate for Kale? Yeah. Because I guess we have to be, like... Of course. ...more than one-sided. Because <laughs> we I hate guess. and love all the same people. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like, the fact that you get annoyed with Chelsea, we're probably the only two people in the country who do. <laughs> it's, like, not a good split for us, I bet. <laughs> um, but, like, can we also talk about the fact that Javi was also extremely controlling and insecure? Terrible. Oh, oh, p- terrible right this is not devil's advocate i'm not defending hobby any moment of any day because the internet is convinced that only kale cheated and that kale is like literally the devil on earth for cheating while her husband was on deployment and that goes back to like the hero worship of the military um Mm -hmm. and but that i just can't get into that it's just too much yeah the scope of this it's too much but um (laughs) but i think hobby could have definitely cheated um i think he was very controlling with her i think he probably used a lot of her past relationship you know like well you cheated on jordan with joe and so i can't trust you around joe um but at the same time like we can never discount and this is like rarely talked about like kale was also physically abusive towards him um remember absolutely oh my god yeah and we forgot like we forgot about that like we forgot. Like, oh Kale my was god, I totally forgot. Joe and Javi on camera. Um, so like, I wonder what happened behind closed doors. So like, was Javi a naturally controlling person? Was it a machismo thing uh, from his culture? And maybe not necessarily his culture, but his family. I don't want to like indict his entire culture, but maybe his family, you know, has like the strong gender yeah. roles. Um, but or was it like he? was abused by his wife and like this is how he dealt with it i'm uh, like i'm not sure but he was very controlling and he admitted on fucking camera that he blamed kaylin for her miscarriage like that's a thing to it yeah you know yeah like that's what i'm talking like that it's like i feel like she now because what she was doing to him to me felt a little bit different than like typical kaylin like yeah. She it seems like she's trying to punish him. Like oh, she wants him oh. yes. to feel yes. 
I, she wants him to not know what's going on in her life because she knows it makes him crazy. And I think she's enjoying that right now. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think she yeah. wants him to feel like she's losing. He's losing her because it drives him crazy. And she yeah. loves it. Totally. I mean, this was all power you know? play. Everything she did was a power play. And, I, like, showing that, like, this is my house. I'm in control. Like, you have no say. Mm-hmm. This is not your home. You have no part of this. Like, I am the boss. Um. And I, like, I think the problem is that they were so young and rushed to marriage and neither of them had, like, discussed, like, what a marriage looks like to me. And maybe even if they had discussed it, they probably weren't mature enough to, like, articulate what they wanted. And I think what Javi wanted was, like, a wife that will stay home and have four of his kids and, like, just be content to be a military wife that loves him and, like, doesn't want to have any guy friends, only wants to have mutual friends with him. They only do things together. They have mostly family nights. They go out once a week, but it's with their friends and they go out together. And Kale Mm -hmm. wanted to get a degree, wanted to get a job, wants to live in New York City, maybe. Wants to have her friends drive to Philly for the night to have friends. Um, I think they just, like, had such different ideas of what a marriage looked like and, like, what a marriage meant. And that's why it blew up. Because they just had different expectations. Because I wonder if Kale, like, genuinely, like, did not think there was any problem with her classmate texting her, like, hey, good morning. And Javi's like, that's essentially cheating. Because, like, in my family, like, my mom only has friends that are my dad's friends. Like, no man is texting my mom, like, good morning. And I can understand, like, why that upset Javi. But I also can understand, like, why Kale is, like, chill the fuck out. Like, this no. Right. And I think Kale is a lot like us where she doesn't have that, like, sort of hero worship thing. Yeah. I think she even more so wanted to prove the point that, like, I need you to understand that just because you went away, it it doesn't mean that you're going to come here and then I'm going to kiss your feet because of what you just did. Like, as yeah. far as our relationship, it's a completely different thing. And I, I think she was trying to communicate that. Now, obviously, Kale's way of communicating anything, whether it's, like, positive or negative, <laughs> is worst. typically insane. Yes. But I kind of understand, like, the method to her madness, even though I would never do it like that. But I get maybe where she was coming from, I guess. Yeah. It was just, like, I think that what it boils down to is, like, Kale was ready to, like, be divorced, like, that day. Like, she wanted yes. everything that yeah. – I mean, she forced Javi to, like – physically show her that he was giving her the correct keys which was like why don't you just i can't believe she didn't change her locks like that seems like kale's number one go-to move like i would i can imagine kale and javi got into a fight like when they were still married and like he came home and his keys wouldn't work like like that seems like a very kale move i was shocked (laughs) but um like not letting him throw his mail out inside the house she's like you have to go outside to throw your mail out like Kale just wanted to be divorced, and I think Javi, like, in the back of his head probably thought, like, thought he'd come home, like, okay, first of all, let's discuss that, like, Javi never got to fuck Kale with her new Brazilian butt lift and her liposuction and tummy tuck, so he's probably a little mad, like, I'd be a little mad, um, so. Okay, first of all, I thought about that, and I'm so happy that you just said it, because I literally was like, he's probably looking at her body right now and thinking, like, god damn it, like, fuck. Yeah. I come home from deployment. You have this, this new body, this giant ass. Yeah. I and a tiny fuck waist. That. 
I want to have sex with you, and I can't even be in this. I can't even sit with you at the island of your kitchen right now. Yeah. So, yeah, this sucks. So I think he like really thought like I would come home. He probably thought like because Javi thinks he's different than everyone else's in Kale's life, and even though he's seen Kale ice out multiple people, he thought it would be different with him, and he thought he'd come home and they'd be civil, and maybe like they wouldn't actually have to get divorced, and they could maybe fuck, yeah. and things would be fine. But it it didn't work that way. And I think, like, Javi, when they were at that kitchen table, like, I think maybe in the car he thought it was just, like, weird because they hadn't seen each other. But then when they were in the kitchen, he was like, oh, like, we're getting divorced. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, we're not going to play nice right now and have a sweet day together. Like, you actually despise me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we see Joe and V. And, like, once again, you know – Joe and V have just grown up so much. They know what Kale's like. They they have Kale's number, and they're like, we just want Javi to feel comfortable with us. Like, they're worried about Isaac, and I thought it was, like, so sweet when V was like, I think Isaac's going to feel left out, like, because all he knows is Javi and Kale being together, and now he's just not going to get to go to Javi's house, like, with Lincoln, and that's so sad. And Joe and V just, like, they just – they're so smart because they know they're going to have to be proactive and they know they're going to have to be the ones yeah. that contact Javi and they're going to have to be the ones that like make sure Javi knows that like they want Isaac to have a relationship with him. Don't you love watching Joe and V parent? Uh, like, I mean, Joe has great parents and I would assume V does too. And it's very obvious. And Joe is such a fucking shithead. And here's my thing though. I think Joe was able to grow up because he didn't have to be a primary caregiver. You know? Like, I totally agree. He got to, like, fuck up and fuck around and have less shit happen on camera. And, like, him and V got to play house, like, with only having Isaac every other weekend and for, like, two weeks in the summer. You know what I mean? Like, they got to have a mm-hmm. relationship grow and mature, like, like regular teenagers and 20-somethings. Um, and then Isaac really didn't come into their lives full time until Joe moved to Delaware and they were already what, 23 or 24 by that and had been together for about five years. Um, so they got to have like normal, uh, teenage and young 20 something trajectories of life where Kale didn't Kale's like stunted still by like being the mom full time. And, I give Joe so much props. He really has matured. I'm so proud of him. I like sing his praises constantly, but I do think a lot of that, like I wonder if Joe had, I, if the custody schedules had been reversed, if Joe would be like he is today. You know what? Joe is like a better example of the point that I was trying to prove earlier about like how teen dads bond with their kids later. Like yeah, the way that he bonded with him and like now in comparison to when he was born, do you remember how terrible he was to him when he was born? He like could not care less about anything going on with him at all. Yeah. Do you remember that her, <laughs> like, his brother junior was like Isaac's primary caretaker? Like, yeah. Do you remember junior? <laughs> like he always had Isaac. <laughs> like he did not give a fuck about being a dad, but then, you know, he got older, he bonded with his kid. And like, I think that also like men, love knowing that their kid needs them like when they realize that their kid needs them and they it's like they acquire that responsibility yeah and he's a really good example of that i think totally so you know joe and v are just like they know how kale is 
And you you know when MTV's not there, they laugh. And they're like, now Javi's, Javi's going to see what it's like. He's going to know. Literally, it's his turn. Uh, Kale's, like, you know, on the phone with her friend, like, recapping the event. And um, basically, Kale's acting like six months is, like, six years. She's like, I've been doing my own thing for six months. Six months, six months, six months, six months. And it's like, girl, yeah, we get it. It was six months. Like, like that's not that <laughs> long. Like, you would think she, she like... may need to, like... Like, I think that Kale may need to just come to the, like, conclusion eventually here at some point that, like, she may be better off at this point in her life, like, single. I hope so. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I... just, you're an independent woman. You don't like answering to people. It's like, right now, maybe until you acquire the need in your life for another person, mm-hmm. besides, like, for help. Yeah. Like, totally. I think she just needs to be alone for a little bit and, like, figure herself out. Because she has issues that she needs to resolve clearly. Yeah. So, um, the last scene is Javi going with his dad and, like, some of his friends and the boys to Mexican food. And I just want to say they went to a place that's a chain, like, in Delaware in Pennsylvania. And there used to be one in my hometown. And there's one really near me at home. And it's it's a delicious restaurant. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, Lincoln, they're saying how it's great. Like, Lincoln still recognizes Javi, and you can tell Lincoln's, like, totally comfortable with him. And, like, I will give Kale props for that because I think she really did facilitate, like, the everyday FaceTime calls and, like, really keeping up, like, Lincoln's your – or Javi's your dad, Javi's your dad, Javi's your dad. Um, Yep. So, but the boys aren't going to stay with him tonight because he's, like, going to a hotel and it doesn't make any sense for Lincoln to sleep at a hotel. And (sighs) – his friend asks Lincoln what Lincoln's room's going to be like, and Isaac, like, talks <sighs> about his room. <sighs> and Javi's like, we'll have to talk that. to you about that later. Like, just fucking talk about it now. Just do it. Just tell him. And Javi like, says his house is four bedrooms, so why can't they just give Lincoln, or give Isaac his own room? I was going to ask you about that. Like, why do you think they made it so like why is it so do you think that they're trying to set up boundaries yeah i guess like i because i'm not a parent i don't know like maybe it's better that he doesn't get his own room because it might give him a false uh, expectation you know yeah because the fact is like isaac's not gonna live there he's just he's not like it's not his house but i think like what they need to do is like get bunk beds and like be calling it lincoln and isaac's room um and, like, make Isaac a part of the decorating process and have it be their joint room and keep saying, like, well, you're going to share a room with your brother. Like, isn't that fun? Um, I think they're just, like, in uncharted territory and they're not sure what to do, basically. Which, like, there's, I'm sure that they're going to work it out. You know what I mean? I, yeah. There's no, like, blueprint for that. And I get it. I just, I feel weird just in general about the way that she handles that whole thing, like, her calling him dad the whole thing was just really weird and it's messy and now it's like this is the consequence of you doing that yeah like i'm sure people in her life are like should you be called letting him call him dad and i'm sure she defended it but now it's like maybe you see why they had an issue with that because he's literally not his dad but it's okay that he's a father figure but he shouldn't be calling him dad well i mean she was he was calling isaac or javi dad 30 days from I- or from Javi getting home. And Kale already knew they were getting divorced. Yeah. 
Also, by the way, while he's sitting in front of Joe. Like, that was uncomfortable, Aww. and that made me feel really weird. I know. Joe is, like, a saint. <laughs> he really is. So, I'm, like, I'm I'm kind of excited Javi's home because now, like, we're getting into it. Like. It's happening. Yeah, because happening. I could not handle a whole season of will they or won't they when we know they do. And, like, a whole season of Javi FaceTiming his friend Darius. Like, I'm not here for that. Like. No, I want to see not. Javi and Kale screaming at each other. Yes, I want to see Kale get that look on her face where her eyes look like if she could kill you with them, she would have by now. <laughs> totally. That, like, piercing, like, you stupid motherfucker look. Totally. To hear Troy and I talk about Janelle for a full hour, come on over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. Love you guys. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos and come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.